the Hockey Canada sexual assault uh, situation, uh, we've talked about this, the settlement primarily, right? And we know that the investigation has been relaunched and, and all the rest. And this is not the end of the story. We're going to find out more. But as this went along, a lot of people asking, well, how do we not know so much about this, right? First of all, why were there no criminal charges? Um, who was involved? I mean, who were the players that were, you know, part of this situation that led to the settlement? How much was the settlement? I mean, all these sorts of things. We don't know. We don't have answers. Uh, why? Largely because of NDA, non-disclosure agreements. That's sort of part of these settlements in many, many cases. And there's renewed calls to do away with them. Some provinces already have. And uh, joining us now to talk about it is Julie McFarlane, who's a law professor, University of Windsor, uh, and co-founder of Count By My Silence. She's worked with provincial governments on getting rid of non-disclosure agreements in these kinds of settlements. Julie, thank you for joining us. I appreciate your time. Happy to be here. Yeah, we'll get more on your work on this area in just a second. But first, let's let's determine the field of play. What is the 101 on a non-disclosure agreement? When are they applied and who gets them? And, and what do they typically um, mean you can't do? Right. Well, first of all, Shane, they are very, very common now. And I think what Hockey Canada has illustrated is that this is something that is going on all over the place in all kinds of agreements, uh, not just for matters of, as it was in this case, alleged sexual assault, but also all kinds of different workplace complaints, complaints about discrimination, harassment, bullying. Uh, I've seen them in cases of fraud, in medical negligence, malpractice cases, you name it. Uh, 95% of settlement agreements in civil cases, that is cases that aren't in the criminal courts, but in the civil courts, 95% of these cases now have these non-disclosure agreements. So, as you said, what the heck is a non-disclosure agreement and where did this come from? Well, originally, and I think this really is helpful for people to understand, originally the point of an NDA was if somebody was working in an environment in which there was confidential material, perhaps it was personal material or research or commercially valuable material, they would be asked to sign an NDA in order not to pass this on to competitors or to people who were you know, inappropriate to see that particular sure, sure. intellectual property. But what's happened, Shane, over the last 10, 15 years or so is that the use of NDAs has crept into, as I said, almost every single area of law. And essentially what an NDA does is two things. First of all, it says that nothing related to the experience, related to the events that led up to the settlement, uh, nothing, no part of what happened and what is now being settled in the claim can be spoken about. And these are these clauses are, are pretty much blanket. So when I say can be not be spoken about, that includes to your family, to your friends, to a therapist or a counselor, if for example after a traumatic incident you were seeking some kind of, of counseling or support. And you know, a blanket ban on speaking to anybody about it. And the second part of it is that that is permanent. It is forever. And unlike a confidentiality clause that could just protect the the privacy of a victim, which I think all of us would recognize would be important, what the victim or the complainant is being asked to do is to give that same degree of privacy and confidentiality to the other side, to the perpetrator, in order for them to have their own confidentiality. So in other words, it's mutual. 
So right. the young woman in the Hockey Canada case had to agree to say nothing about what had happened to her, never to identify the perpetrators, in order that she could herself have her own privacy. So, I mean, for lack of a better term, Julia, it seems to me in a lot of ways for uh, the accused in these cases, it's it's a get-out-of-jail, well, not free card, because you're paying a settlement, but it basically right. that ends it, right? I mean, that you're no longer at risk criminally, civilly, nothing. It's sort of, this is how much it costs me to make this go away, and if I have the money, I'll just spend it. Right. Well, first of all, a couple of things on that, Shane. One is that... It is clear, even though it is still tried, and I think sometimes people are still duped on this, you cannot forbid somebody from reporting to the police. Although I have seen agreements in which that has been a clause. But in fact, that's not enforceable. It's really just a fraud on people. Okay. But yes, otherwise, you're quite right. This is a end, an ending of what's happened. And of course, if you think about this from the point of view of a perpetrator, Shane, or even an employer organization of that person. You know, let's say we're talking about somebody who's been sexually harassing other employees for years on end. They don't want this out there in public because they feel it makes them look bad. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's exactly what's happened with Hockey Canada. But I think as the public starts to understand this, they're realizing that actually what makes them look bad is the fact they're trying to cover it all up. It would be better to be forthright and disclosing so that people actually knew what had happened than to keep trying to push it down with an NDA. That's a great point. You're absolutely right. Uh, The other side of the argument, and I've seen some defense lawyers talking about this over the past week or two around NDAs, is, listen, if you get rid of NDAs, I don't get settlements for my clients anymore. That's the chip that we have. That's sort of what we bring to the table and offer to the, uh, the accused to say, hey, listen, pay us if we you know here's the settlement and we'll be quiet if we don't have that then we won't get settlements people will just say well there's no point in negotiating anyway yeah i mean you know to be totally candid shane about this argument that's the lazy lawyer argument because it says you know we have this nice little thing going with the other side where we all agree to keep everything quiet and then we get a settlement but in reality of course we've had cases settling outside the civil courts for very good reasons, because it's so difficult and so hard and so expensive to go to court, we've had them settling at a rate of 95% for about 35 years. And I think often people don't realize that. And there weren't NDAs around 35 years ago. So this is just the latest fashion. This is the latest, you know, I have to have this. It's non-negotiable. I mean, when you think, when I heard those statements being made by some of the defense counsel, the thing that went through my mind, and I'm sure the minds of many people who've been plaintiffs or victims in these cases, is, well, surely we're bargaining about compensation for the harm that's been done to me. You know, to say that I have no other bargaining chips than promising silence is ludicrous because it completely ignores the fact that I've been raped or assaulted or harassed. That's the harm that's being negotiated over here. And what we want to do is to take the option of that, you know, effective silencing of the victim and protection of the other side completely off the table. And I can assure you cases will still go on settling at 95%. Well, you've done this. Uh, you've you've worked with provincial governments. It's happened in some provincial yeah. governments. I know in the Maritimes where they've said, okay, no more NDAs. I mean, what's, what's your experience there? The, 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 does that mean no more cases? Nobody's settling anymore? 
Well, no. I mean, first of all, it's the legislation that we're proposing has passed in Prince Edward Island, and it's been tabled, it's been introduced in Nova Scotia and in Manitoba, and we're hoping it's going to be also introduced in other provinces over the next year. Right. We're working on that. Um, interestingly, Shane, you know, look at another jurisdiction that has banned NDAs, um, and that's California, and they were one of the very first places to do this, and they did it in relation to sexual harassment, first of all, in 2018. So we've had four years of data since then, and guess what? No change in the settlement levels of sexual harassment cases. Hmm. Something else just takes its place. It's just this is the latest fashion, but I think that most people who understand it recognize that it's very it's a very immoral bargain. And it's bad for the public because we don't know who the people are. That's right who have done, you know, whatever it is that's been alleged to be done. There's even an expression that has it's become so commonplace that has developed, and it is past the trash. So when an employer wants to pass somebody who has a record of this kind to another employer, they bury the information in an NDA, and then they get transferred, and nobody knows any better until they start doing it again. So the next step here, as you said, a number of provinces looking at this at that level, but federally is the big prize, right? If we can get this brought in at a federal level? Well, in fact, the provinces are really more important, Shane, in in employment law. I mean, they're the ones that are going to have the most impact on people's lives. We are also talking to the feds about making sure that non-disclosure agreements are not used when they terminate federal employees in just the same way. And we have a number of cases of people who come to the campaign who were formerly federal civil servants who were terminated um, for discrimination or, or, sorry, because they complained about discrimination or they complained about harassment. Um, And they were NDA'd as well. So what we're trying to do is to get the federal government to introduce this for all of its employees. But I think Hockey Canada shows that there might be an appetite for also putting some kind of federal restrictions on NDA's on federally funded organizations like Hockey Canada, for example. Yeah, right, exactly, yeah. Uh, Julie, very interesting work. I appreciate you joining us and talking about it today. Thank you. Happy to be here. Can't buy my silence. That's the name of our campaign and our website. Thank you, Shane. Thank you very much. That is Julie McFarlane, who is a law professor, University of Windsor, and as you heard, the co-founder of Can't Buy My Silence. And um, we'll see where that goes, but... you know, it is interesting because we've talked a lot about this and there's so many questions. And I, I mean, Hockey Canada is just one of many, 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 many instances of this, right? But it's a very, very prominent and public one. And I think it leads a lot of us sort of asking the question, well, how do we not know anything about this? Well, this is why you don't know anything about it because of these NDAs.